Thank you so much for hitting the play button on your favorite listening device of choice from wherever you listen to podcasts. My name is Duff Tyler, and this is A Duff Said. Now, if you're hearing this podcast for the very first time, welcome aboard. You can catch up on previous episodes of A Duff Said by going to my website, aduffsaid.com. You can also follow this show by downloading the Podbean app or wherever you listen to podcasts. We have got a great conversation lined up for this week's show, and it starts now. I am joined now by a man who has been nominated several times for Emmys. He has brought home six of them. His latest documentary is out right now. It is called The Hill Versus The High, and we're going to get into that and so much more. And first, before we get into that, Ryan Slocum, I want to talk about the last documentary that you did, because that one also got you an Emmy nomination. We talked about it on my podcast last summer, so looks like you got a little bit of that a duff said karma getting that emmy nomination <laughs> i appreciate that buddy yeah man couldn't have done it without you uh yeah dude that was a great time i appreciate you bringing that up as well yeah we just found out last week i think like a week ago today we found out about that um our documentary on terrence roberson who was an absolute high school phenom back in the mid and early 90s uh, 1995 graduate. He was all world, man. He one of only a couple three time parade magazine, all American basketball players. And the other three dudes are Patrick Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, Kenny Anderson, and him. That's it. That's how good this guy was, but his uh, career kind of derailed at the end. He had all sorts of ups and downs and whatnot. Um, and now he's back in Saginaw, giving back. He's a coach now in Saginaw, and he's trying to help the kids not only learn basketball, but not make some of the mistakes he did. And we get into all of it. Um, it's it's only 20 minutes long, so it, it's kind of like a 30 for 30 or one of the behind the musics from back in the day, remember, on VH1 and whatnot. You know, we go through the whole deal, the greatness, and then the fall, and now the comeback. And uh, it's a quick watch. It's only 20 minutes, so it's not going to take you all day. Uh, I'd love if you could go check that out if you haven't already. Um, It's great, and and it's awesome to be nominated for another Emmy. Um, And for this this, um, project, really, that we started up, this series that, that we're doing here at State Champs with our documentaries, whether it's the rivals, whether it's the legends. And we're going to have a couple that are beyond sports as well that we're working on um, that are going to be very cool. So what an honor, man. And uh, Terrence is super excited. And, man, maybe we'll get some good news here in June. Maybe we'll get another one. You've been nominated several times now for Emmys over the years. You've had a career that spans more than two decades You're a hometown guy from Flushing that worked for ABC 12 in the Flint television market. So you've had your share of Emmy nominations. I believe you've had more than a dozen, and you're currently sitting on six wins. But when you got nominated for this one, Ryan, what were your emotions at that moment? Were you feeling just as excited today when you know that you're nominated for that as you were when you got your first nomination? Well, man... 
yes and no. Um, you know, everybody always tells you, oh, nothing beats the first time, you know, no matter what it is, uh, nothing beats the first time. Uh, I'll remember that forever, man. Um, we got two that year, lost both of them, but we got two that year. And you know how it is working in TV, man, you work so hard and you think you got something great, but you know what? It's up to everybody else. And you know what? There's a lot of other really good people out there too. So, you know, who knows, maybe you did the best story you've ever done in your life at the same time that five other people did the best story of their lives. So, and theirs might be a hair better than yours. So you never know. Um, you just don't. I've had some of the best stories I have ever done have not been nominated or didn't win. And you sit there and you scratch your head and you're like, well, okay, the other one must be better. You know, it just it wasn't good enough. So you just don't know. But no, it was cool and it was special um, to get this. And we got one last year as well for the first documentary we did at State Champs, by the way. Go to uh, statechampsnetwork.com. Or if you want to watch the documentary without going through the entire website, you can go to our YouTube page, State Champs Net, and that'll bring up our documentaries. But the one last year was um, Cast Tech out of Detroit against Detroit King, the football rivalry between those two schools and how they have really for almost two decades now dominated division one, two, and three. They've been incredible at a time where no Detroit public school had ever even won a state championship. And now King and Cass are on top of the game year in and year out. And that's become a massive rivalry. So we did a, um, a documentary on that a year ago. And that one got nominated. And that was the first one of state champs. And it was very similar, though. Now that I've talked all the way around the barn, Duff, it was very similar because you didn't have the machine behind you like at a network, like at ABC 12, where, yeah, you're doing a lot of this stuff on your own, but you have, you know, all the other people at the station. You have the massive resources, um, the equipment, you know, you name all that. I run, you know, state champs is awesome and they do help me out a lot. And we got great graphics people that have really spiced up things. We've got great photo journalists like Jonathan Kidd, who um, shot some of that King Cass doc. Um, just some great stuff. But, you know, I have my own studio now and I'm doing this with my own equipment in my own studio. So that was special. That was special. And the same thing here with the Terrence Roberson doc um, getting nominated because it's the same thing. I shot, edited everything, wrote, produced everything on my own in my own studio. So to have that, those nominated is very special Um, because it's different. You know, you don't know if it's good enough. You're doing it on your own and I'm up against uh, this year, um, Michigan State, which won the documentary category a year ago, and the, the Detroit Lions. And then there's little old me over here. So it is cool. It is special. And it means you're doing something right. Um, so I, I just couldn't be happier. Um, and the same thing here with the documentary where we're going to talk about the hill and the high. Same thing here. 
So it, it does mean a lot, man. It means a lot. And I know it means a lot to Terrence. And to have Terrence open up the way he did, you know, your your stories are only as good as your subjects. You know that, Duff. Like, you can be, you can have the greatest story in the world, but if you can't get that person to open up to you and tell you the real story, you don't have anything. So for him and his family members to open up the way they did and talk about not only the ups, but the downs and the lowest of lows, man, I mean, it's real cool, man. I'm super excited and even more happy for him. If people want to know more about Ryan's documentary about Terrence Roberson, you can do a couple of things. You can do, as Ryan said, you can go to State Champs either online or check out their YouTube page. You can also go to aduffsaid.com and look for the episode, The Million Dollar Superstar That Could Have Been. You can hear Ryan and myself talk about that at great length because you came on, you talked about that one. And you talked about the last podcast you did between Cass and MLK down in Detroit. Those were yep. two really great documentaries. You bring up some amazing points just now, Ryan. And I want to touch base on that just a little bit because you and I have talked about this before. The National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences chapter here in Michigan is a very select group because unlike other NATAS chapters across the country, those could cover a couple of different states. So you got to compete, for, for example, in the one that I was with when I was back in my hometown of Terre Haute, Indiana, we were competing against Illinois and Ohio stations down there. I mean, granted, they break those up into markets when you're covering a region like that. But here in Michigan, it's a little bit different. You only have to compete against the entire state. And for a while there, there really wasn't that real load of competition there. It was basically you competing against Fox Sports Detroit, or in this case now, Bally Sports Detroit. And so that was a very select group of people that you had to compete with. And I know if you look at uh, the list of people that are nominated right now, in some categories, there's just Bally Sports Detroit. And it's like, right. which which actual sports cast did they do the best? Was it their presentation of the Pistons, the presentation of the Red Wings, or the Tigers, and that's it. But now it's expanded just a little bit. Like you said, you're up against the Lions in Michigan State. But if you look at them and what they have to offer, I mean, those are organizations. Those are institutions. You, on the other hand, like you said, you've built a nice studio. I've seen it many times. I've seen it many <laughs> yeah. times when you've done your Job Guys podcast, when you've got that studio with a couple of WWE Championship belts, I might add as well as yeah. those Emmys that you've got, which, by the way, if you win this one, that'll make number seven. So you are on the, as I said the other day, the stairway to seven, if you will. Yeah, and I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that. If I, There ain't no doubt. We'll give you credit for it, but I'm definitely, I like that. At this point, if you get that next Emmy, if you win for this uh, Terrence Roberson documentary, are you going to have enough room on the shelf, or are you going to have to expand your studio? Yeah, I'm going to have to get another shelf. Uh, I, I do have, I have a, another cabinet, but it, it's glass and with the lights and stuff, you know, that's not the best. So I may have to come up with something else, but Hey, let me tell you, that's putting the cart way before the horse because these things are not easy 
to come by, man. I mean, I've lost a lot more than I've won. So they're not easy to come by. And especially when you're going up against, like you mentioned, I mean, the Detroit Lions, right? This is all they do. Like they cover football, you know? So, and it's like their draft documentary. Um, and the Michigan State one I have not seen yet. Normally they have a title on it, and this one doesn't. So I'm going to have to look it up to see exactly what it is. But the one that won last year was fantastic. Um, they do a great job over there, man. And uh, it was really good. So, again, like I said, you don't know what you're up against, man. And you think your thing's really good. Oh, man, there's somebody better every single day. And, you know, it, it's tough. It's so it's so hard. So we won't spend any money on a cabinet quite yet. Yeah, you're telling me how hard it is. The one time I entered into a category, it was for a health news story. We got shut out. We didn't even get nominated. One thing that uh, you don't hear a whole lot about is how subjective it is. You don't know who from another part of the country is judging this and right. what they're looking for. You may think you've got the greatest story, but... Somebody else may have come with some bells and whistles and some fancy editing and some graphics. And somebody said, how cool is that? And then they, that's who they give their uh, nod to. And then something that you worked really hard on. You may tell, like you said, a very good dramatic story. I've seen some people get nominated for great content and great stories. People that have overcome the odds. And then they lose to something that you're just like, well, how did they lose in that category? How did they lose to this? What were they thinking? Yep. And, and there's not too many that you shake your head at. There, It does happen here and there, but you're exactly right because how this works is other Academy members from around the country, from those different regions like you talked about, judge your stories. And it's like a one to ten scale on a billion different different. Oh, what do you think about this? And how about this? And how about this? And you judge it one to 10, they add up the score, whatever. But you know, it, it, it's so subjective, especially in sports, because you don't know, you might get some person that doesn't like your style, like for like sports anchor or something, you know, my style, I get a little bit goofy sometimes, but I'm always backing it up with facts. I try to entertain you or entertain the people that don't care about the outcome, but I try to entertain them a little bit. Well, man, there might be somebody out there that doesn't like that sports center style. They want to hear, just give me the facts. Did the Tigers win? How bad did they lose? Who got hurt today? We have no pitchers. Wow. Okay. You know, just give me the facts. And other people want a little flash to it. You don't know. You just don't know. So, uh, man, it's tough. It's real tough. If you want to see just what kind of sports anchor Ryan is, just go to his YouTube page. Look up Ryan Slocum, S-L-O-C-U-M, and look up his famous sportscast when he compares the Detroit Lions to Charlie Brown. We, the football fans of Detroit, are Charlie Brown. That guy loves football. All he wants to do is kick it, but every single time he tries, Lucy pulls it away. Time and time again, she convinces him that next time will be different. This time, she won't pull it back. This time, he will succeed and finally feel good. Sounds familiar, Lions fans, huh? Good grief. That was a great storytelling. You remember that, that one? Of course. For a while there, that was like your pinned video. 
yeah. on, on YouTube. Yeah. And then yeah, there was we, another the great one. The Lions have given us plenty of video through the years. That's <laughs> plenty of material. Yeah, that was a good one. And then you had a particular way of calling highlights that was just phenomenal. It always caught my attention. Whenever a Detroit Tigers player hit one to the gap, if that part of the outfield fence had that Stanley Tools logo on it, you said, like a good craftsman, he broke out his Stanley. And drilled it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, yeah, I used that one a couple times. Uh, you know, off the wall, like Michael Jackson was another one. Uh, make like a tree and get out of here. Uh, for you Back Jeff to Tannen. the Future fans out there, the greatest movie ever made. Um, yeah, we had a couple of them, but God bless the Lions, man, because they gave me so much material over the years. Oh, they were they were a good time. But yeah, that was you're talking about the Good Grief sportscast, I believe. Yeah, that with was the a Charlie good one. Brown. Yeah, yeah I the Lions, that, even man. in Indiana, back home in Indiana. Nice little plug there. Oh yeah. Nice little uh, getting in the uh, state song right ahead of the Indianapolis 500. Back when I was in Indiana, even I was getting in on the Lions because back in 2008, uh, I put together a sports cast in which I called it How Bad Are the Lions? And I compared that famous moment when things were so bad during that winless season in 08. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but I remember, oh, it was Dominic Rayola. That's who it was. He was so angry with fans interacting with him in the games because yeah. obviously the Lick fans them were, off, right? Yeah, obviously the fans and the Lions were all pissed at how things were going that year because it was just a total disaster. And then I guess he was mixing it up with the fans and afterwards he said, "I'd like to give my address to a few of these fans. I'd like to just have them come by and we can talk this out face to face." But of course, these days nobody wants to talk with fists. Everyone wants to come at it with metal. And I thought, yeah. oh my God, that's how bad it's gotten for the Lions. And of course, the the Colts that year were playing them in the new stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium. It was brand new at the time. So I was just doing this preview and I said, keys to victory for the Colts, don't fall down, don't trip in the shower, and look out for Santa's reindeer. Other than that, you should be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if, if I'm not mistaken, the Colts... Did they win the Super Bowl that year? The following year, 2009, they went to okay. the Super Bowl and lost to the Saints. That was the okay. year that they were chasing perfection, but they decided to pump the brakes and just rest for those last two games before ultimately losing to Drew Brees. That's right. Up next, Ryan and I talk about his new documentary. If it's pizza night, Sheldon Street Pizza has got you covered. But if you're sticking to salad, be sure to cover it in one of Sheldon's signature dressings. Sheldon Street Pizza now has homemade ranch, Italian, and Greek salad dressings bottled up and ready for purchase. You can also order a freshly prepared salad from Sheldon because at Sheldon Street Pizza, it's more than just pizza. Order today by calling 248-791-7111 or you can visit him online at sheldonstreetpizza.com 
or just stop by 3767 South Baldwin Road in Orion Township. If it's pizza time, it's time to go to Sheldon Street Pizza. And that's a tough set. Looking for the best hard cider in Oakland County? Then stop by Fourth Coast Cider Works. Located in the main entrance to Canterbury Village, Fourth Coast has many flavors on tap and some you can take home. Fourth Coast is open Thursday through Sunday. For a complete list of ciders and hours, go to fourthcoastciderworks.com. Fourth Coast Cider Works. Quality craftsmanship, quality hard cider. Not available to anybody under the age of 21? Please drink responsibly. got a new documentary we need to talk about my friend and yeah we got to talk about this the high versus the hill and i'm going to start this off ryan by giving you the same kind of love that a participant in this famous rivalry did for you a while back now you were telling me this story about how you hadn't had too many youtube views and of course when you're a sportscaster and you've got YouTube videos of your sportscast, you're hoping that maybe somebody might see that, maybe someone of importance, maybe like an executive or, or just a news director somewhere would be like, that's the guy I want doing my sportscast. But it is tough nowadays to really get someone to go and click on your videos and watch them on YouTube, unless, of course, you're Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles, Justin Bieber, a name like that. But right. you recently got a good rub from <laughs> yeah. Saginaw legend and NBA superstar Draymond Green. And he is a part of your documentary that you have coming up. But I bring that name up because that tweet uh, where he shared one of your videos like skyrocketed your stock on YouTube. Because next thing you know, you've got like 10,000 views on that video. So I'm hoping yeah. that you being on my podcast, being that I just went over 3,000 downloads for the podcast... I'm hoping I can give you this kind of rub for The Hill versus The High. This is a documentary that you just put together for the State Champs Network, and it's all about the classic basketball rivalry between Saginaw High School and Arthur Hill, two schools in the Saginaw area that just plain did not like each other. That was an intense rivalry, probably one of the biggest in the state. We were talking earlier about Cast Tech and MLK on the football field, I feel like that's what you got anytime you had Saginaw and Arthur Hill on the basketball court. So this is your latest documentary. What can you tell us about it? Well, yeah, you're exactly right, man. And we call it Rivals because obviously it's a rivalry. And you can pretty much go anywhere in the state. And at least for the last 20 years and even before that, but the last 25 probably it has absolutely turned into the best basketball rivalry in the state of Michigan. It, if you haven't ever been to a game, you don't have much longer to go um, because the schools are going to combine after next school year. And we can get into that at a later point, but I know uh, you just gave away your big reveal of the documentary. Yeah. yeah well, you know, it's all right. Um, if you know anything about, those schools, you know about that. But yeah, it it's just incredible. This little town 
of less than 50,000 people or whatever it is has produced incredible names and incredible basketball teams year after year after year. And you're just sitting there going, how the heck has this happened? And you mentioned Draymond Green went to Saginaw High, won back-to-back state championships in his high school career, was a top-five ranked team in the nation his senior year. Draymond Green, Jason Richardson, another Golden State Warrior people will remember, won that national championship at Michigan State with Tom Izzo his freshman year, won multiple slam dunk championships. You can go on and on with all the guys, and there's football players too. Lamar Woodley played basketball. We talked about him. Charles Rogers, the number two pick in the NFL draft by the Detroit Lions, was an awesome basketball player. Um, Name, I mean, there's just a million names. You you can go through them in NBA guys. Uh, Darvin Ham, who very well could get an NBA head coaching job this year, one of the hot names out there. He went to Saginaw High. Mark Macon, he's from down the road at Buena Vista. But just all these guys from this little town, and you're like, how, man, how? And they're both so good every year. They, they are both top five teams, if not one and two. And they have to play each other twice during the regular season. And then, of course, because they're in the same city, they're in the same district for the playoffs. So they have to face each other a third time, and it, it's just awesome. It gets that whole town lit up, the whole town. And, Duff, you've been in that gym. Both of the gyms are exactly the same. They're the exact same construction, or however you describe that. And they're small, and you're sitting on top of the court and in the round, all the way around. They got seats in the end zone, too, behind the basket. They are rowdy. They're insane at these games, man. Guys are on the floor when a dunk or some big play happens, you know, so they got to clear the court. It's just crazy. It's an environment like you've never seen. And these, they are into their teams. They, I mean, they rep their squad, man, regardless of whether it's one side or the other. And, and you never know. It's one of those throw-the-records-out-the-window uh, cliches because it happens all the time. Usually the team you don't think is going to win ends up winning. Um, it's just been exciting. It, it's every time that that's on the schedule, you know you're in for something good. Even if they have a down year, which for them a down year might be only ranked 10th in the state. <laughs> you know, you, you They're not still even trying know, like, at that point. Yeah, right. You're like, you're like, dude, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna watch some good basketball tonight. You know, no matter what it is, you know, you're in for a treat that night. And, you know, sometimes you go to these games, and I mean, I'll admit it. Sometimes you got to go to some schools that aren't traditionally known for basketball or something, and you're like, oh, geez, I gotta go. All right, well, this will be. We'll get it over with quick. Nope, it's not like that at this. Like, you get pumped up like you're going to see the Pistons play the Lakers, you know, that's the way this game is. And I tell people that a lot of times too, when a game like this happens, you always see a lot of the same people at the games too. And they sit in the same spot. Like, Oh, that's Tommy seat. You know, that's Bill's seat over there. That the is Lakers crazy. could be in town. 
the Lakers could be in town, Duff, and somebody could be like, hey, man, I got tickets to see, uh, you know, Kobe and Shaq today. Ah, man, still in the highs today. I'm going there. Yeah, and that's the way it is. They would rather go to the hill in the high to watch a game because it's that big of a deal. You know what? That was my favorite part of the documentary. We had so many great quotes in there. There was one coach that talked about how he lost one of those games, and afterwards he went outside and puked because he was so disgusted by the fact that he lost to their rival. But my favorite part of this was when they were talking about how they were turning out in droves to come out and see these basketball games. It got to the point, Ryan, and this is in your documentary, people were scalping tickets to a high school boys basketball game. Kids used to be trying to scalp these tickets. Hey, Rick, what's the highest price you heard tickets going for tonight? Well, Mike, we heard about $50. Can I get like four? I'll give you three. Three? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, 40 bucks, I'll get you enough. Even in Indiana, I never saw anything like that. And in my home state, basketball games are like going to church. It's like everybody turns out on a Friday night in all our small communities to come out and see that. But never in my entire lifetime covering Indiana basketball did I ever see anything of the scope of, hey man, I can get you four seats for 50 bucks to this high school basketball game. It never got like that. But that's what it got like for the hill versus the high. People were actually paying top dollar for tickets to a high school boys basketball game. And another guy said, we could be playing at the Palace tonight and we'd probably sell it out or at least fill up a good portion of it. And for a while there, they were having it at places other than those gyms. What were some of the other arenas that got the opportunity to host this rivalry? Well, the only one I know of offhand um, in recent years they were playing at Saginaw Valley State at the Ryder Center there for quite a while as well. Um, but they were playing at the Saginaw Civic Center for quite a while as well. And the one you're talking about was 1999. Jason Richardson was on Arthur Hill's basketball team, and they were taking on Saginaw High, which had um, Charles Rogers on that team. Eugene Seals was another guy, finished runner-up for uh, Mr. Basketball, ended up playing in Ohio, real good player in the MAC, And then um, a freshman named Anthony Roberson was on that team. One of the best point guards in the country, McDonald's All-American. He ended up going to Florida, had a great career, had a cup of coffee in the NBA as well. Um, so the game was just incredible. And I believe they were ranked two and three at that point. And, and But Arthur Hill, this is when they really started to come on, when J.R. played over there and was just tearing rims down. And it got too big. It got too big for the gyms. And they're like, all right, let's go to the Civic Center, which holds 6,000 people. And they sold that out. And then people are scalping tickets, like you said, at the 6,000-seat arena. Um, but, no, they, they were going toward uh, the late – Whatever, oh, eight, nine, ten, eleven, they were playing at Saginaw Valley State and they were selling that out as well. The college facility over there, a couple couple thousand people, whatever they hold there, four thousand or something like that. It was filled. You couldn't get in. Um and they played those district title games everywhere. Every high school gym, Saginaw Heritage. When I was a kid, Flushing used to host the district tournament all the time. They've had it at Clio. 
They've had it everywhere. And I mean, you cannot get a ticket. They're, they're gone the second they go on sale. It, it's just, it's incredible, man. It really is. And every year, regardless of the record, every stinking year. You know, the way that they were selling that game out, because I only attended one Saginaw-Arthur Hill basketball matchup, and it was so crowded that night that I actually went to the second level and just, like, shot looking down at the court because that was about the only place I could find any space. Yeah, because you they're the, in the round. And it was just one of those situations where when you're on the floor, you're always running into those people that have to get to their seats, so they're walking by. You're on the baseline, and that's when they walk in front of your camera when you're trying to shoot. So I figured, you know what? No way is anything going to happen up here. And then something did happen. There was a JV game as I'm getting set up. I was just watching, and all of a sudden, kid dunks on another one. And he didn't take too kindly to that, so a dust-up happens. And then, like you said, the bleachers all cleared out. Everybody's trying to separate everyone else, so that was the end of that JV game. They did get the varsity game in, and it was a thriller as always. But just looking at the scope of the crowds that those games brought out, even in like 2017, 2018, I never understood why they didn't just have those games at the Dow, because that seemed like that would be the perfect place for it. You know, that's a great question. I think probably money has something to do with it. Um, Well, yeah, these are like the building out. Yeah, these are inner city schools, so they probably didn't have the funds for it. But you think somebody would have thrown them a bone or something. Yeah, well, and you mentioned it, and they're not proud of this, obviously. Um, There has been some incidents at some of these games. I mean, you mentioned uh, Coach Lou Dawkins talking about throwing up after losing. Um, it's passionate, man. It is passionate. And, um, there are, there have been some incidents. So they had a few years there where the games had to be played Saturdays at noon. And they like the only people that could come were you had to have like some kind of special ticket. You know, they didn't just let anybody come in. Um, and that has since changed. But, um, yeah, I think that has something to do with it as well that, you know, there was, there was a security issue. Um, so I think that's probably part of it as well. Yeah. It's unfortunate um, because those are one of the few games where I actually had to go through a metal detector to get in because there are some things they have to watch out with security wise, but it's important to point out that there are a lot of people that were just there to see a basketball game. They weren't there to start trouble. They were there to cheer on the kids cheer on their school and be a part of something special for the community. Those were just 99% are like that. Yep. And it's like that at Beecher too, because there were incidents there. Hamity. I know that they had the like crowded issues. They had to turn people away at some of those Hamity Beecher games as well. So there's a lot of those issues that always come up, but it's important to remember that most of the people, like 99.9% of those people, they're just there to see basketball. And they shouldn't yep. be looped in with the bad apples there. And the kids are just there to play basketball, too. Um, but enough of the bad stuff. But, yeah, I think that's probably why it's changed. Um, and in in the past few years, they have not had as good of records as they have in the past. And like we mentioned earlier on, the enrollment is way down in both schools. Funding is way down. Um, the city of Saginaw's school district 
it's not the way it used to be. And I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. You can watch the documentary and see it. But you're talking about like 2,500 kids in these schools. And now they're under 1,000 combined. So, you know, they are going to combine the schools here coming up in a year and a half or whatever it is. Um, so that, that that's part of it, too. The games, obviously, if you're there, you're still hype. You're still going crazy. But you don't get the outside eyeballs that you used to get because you have a Draymond Green on the floor. You have a Josh Southern on the floor. You know, you, you have all these amazing players. They haven't had that here in, in a few years. But, you know, that could all change tomorrow. You know, it just takes one guy, you know, and, and they're back in business. That is the most unfortunate thing about all this. And we talked about it a moment ago that this is your big reveal in the documentary that the schools are going to be joining. And while it's unfortunate that Saginaw is losing one of its proudest traditions with this basketball rivalry, what is a joined Arthur Hill and Saginaw High basketball team going to look like moving forward? Man. I'll tell you, it should be unbelievable. It should be absolutely unbelievable because, you know, they are still both very good teams. And if you put them together, I I don't even, I I can't even imagine what it's going to be. And especially if they do get some superstars back like they have had, even as far as five years ago, Eric Davis, who went to play at Texas, he was the Class A Player of the Year two straight years. And Tugs Bowen, who's playing in the NBA G League right now. They made the state championship like four years ago. So, I mean, if you get one of those back, two of those back on each school, come on, man. I mean, we're talking, you're talking unbeatable. Yeah, sorry, you you're, sorry, you're Saginaw about Heritage, a, you're sitting uh, without this year. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about an unbeatable team. It'll be it'll be unbelievable. It really will. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it, and actually, a lot of the kids are looking forward to it as well. Um, we talk about that in the doc as well. They they are the kids. They're excited. They're excited. They got. They're getting a new school. Um, there's brighter times ahead and they're very excited, but a lot of the OGs, you know, the old heads, uh, and guys like me, you know, we're, we're definitely going to be missing out on something, but you know, it's, it's the way of the world. It's not the first school that's ever closed. It's not the first school that's ever had to combine with another school. It's happened other places. It's unfortunate that it's happening now, but you know, this is the world we're in now and you know, it'll be okay. It'll be fine, but, you know, luckily we have things like this and there's some books coming out about it and we have old videos that we can watch and remember and and talk about the way things used to be because, you know, like I said, it is special, man. You've been a part of this for so many years, even probably going back to your high school days in Flushing, reading about the high versus the hill. So you know a lot about this rivalry, but as you're putting this documentary together – were there some things that you learned about this rivalry that you didn't know already? Yeah. Um, you know, not a ton, but there were some names that I didn't know. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I knew about uh, the 1941 team, which I didn't. You <laughs> I know, mean, I still didn't. talk about that team today. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean you didn't know about that? Uh, 
Yeah, but there were there were names I didn't know, and that I found out about. I mean, obviously, you can look up and go, "Oh, Arthur Hill won the title in '41. There was no title in '42 because of the war." And then this happened. You know, you learn a little about that and some of the names and things like that. I didn't know. The, so, I didn't know the exact story on how they became such big rivals and how Arthur Hill kind of got back into it because the high from like the fifties, early sixties through the mid nineties, absolutely crushed Arthur Hill. And I didn't know exactly like, you know, I hear about the bridge, that side of the bridge, that side of town. I hear about that, but I didn't know exactly what happened and how they opened the enrollment where if you lived in Saginaw, you could go to either high school of your choosing. And, you know, then once that happened, a bunch of kids went to Arthur Hill, boom, rivalry's on. Um, So I didn't know that. I didn't know, like, how Saginaw, I read a bunch of stuff about the city of Saginaw, you know, how the city of Saginaw formed. I didn't know there was a city called East Saginaw. I had no idea. I'm still (laughs) trying to find South Detroit. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, you might need to ask Mr. Perry about that. I'm not sure about that one either. That's another podcast for another day. But, uh, yeah, I I didn't know, you know, some of that stuff. And, again, a few names. You know, there were some things I didn't know as far as, you know, when, when the guy puking, which you'll hear about, I didn't know that story. Um, there, there were numerous things like that. But nothing like mind blowing or anything, because like you said, I have been covering this for 20 years. This is the 20th year that I've covered this basketball game. And again, my high school was in the district with the hill and the high. So I saw them play every year, you know, every stinking year I saw them play and watch them kick our butt most of the time, you know? So, uh, yeah, so I was always around it and, and have been watching it for even more than 20 years, but covering it for 20 years and getting to know the coaches, Lou Dawkins and Ice McMath and those guys just, just sitting there kicking it with them at practice. And they'll be telling me about certain things and telling me about this, telling me about that, and it, you know, getting to know that. So I, I knew a lot of stuff, but things like that. Um, were big. The, the whole like how Saginaw formed as a city was a big one. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting stuff, man. But nothing mind blowing or anything. I don't know if you broke out your tape measure when you're doing this story, but how many miles separate these two schools? I do have it in the trailer, and I don't remember what I said off the top of my head. I think it's four miles. I that believe distance. it's four miles. Yeah, just two schools that closely, but an intense rivalry. It's like, where are the lines drawn at that point? Because that's not a lot of ground to cover before you're in one side or the other. Yeah, well, it's the river. It's over the bridge. It's over the Saginaw River. And um, we didn't get into that a ton. It is mentioned. It is talked about. But there is, you know, if you get them going, if you get uh, some of the guys going a little bit, you know, off camera, and they did on camera too, well, they'll tell you a little bit about the other side of the river. <laughs> and that's, and that, that's, that's pretty much, you know, you can put two and two together there, what that's all about. But, yeah, the, the river is the divider. 
One of the things that I love about your documentaries, Ryan, is you get people that are a lot older, much older than us, and we're in our early 40s. You get people that hey, are Hey, don't like, tell anybody that now. Come on now. <laughs> too late. I mean, our birthdays are only two days apart. Right, right. Yeah. So we just celebrated both of those last month. But you get people that are like in their 50s and 60s, and they're still passionate about their high school football or basketball rivalries. It's crazy. I want to circle back to this because you were always talking about how in your district, you always had to run into an Arthur Hill or a Saginaw High, and you pretty much knew it was over at that point because those teams were just stacked with talent, and they were destined to start the path to getting to the Breslin Center by winning that district title in your neck of the woods. So when right. you're growing up as a kid, and you're seeing these guys just putting a whooping on your boys' basketball team, Knowing that you're going to probably be going into sports casting, could you ever have imagined covering the team that you probably were so against growing up being like, oh man, I hated that school because you always ended our seasons year in and year out. And now here I am doing this big documentary about it. Do, do you right. ever have those emotions? Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yes and no. Um, you know, because I always respected them because I was in school, so I'm a hair older than like Jason Richardson. Um, he's a, he's a year older than I am, or excuse me, younger than I am. So, you know, when Arthur Hill was coming up, they beat us to win the district championship. And then the following year, the year, uh, after I graduated high school, Saginaw high was number one in the state. That was that Charles Rogers, Roberson, Eugene Seals team. We beat them in the district semifinal. We and killed them. The game was over at halftime. And then Arthur Hill beat us at the buzzer to win the district championship. Only chance we ever had, and we had two Division One kids on our team there. Buddha Edwards and Matt Jakeway were on that team. And a few other really good players as well. But Buddha, Buddha went to Central, and then Jakeway went to Austin P and Kent State. So we had a squad, and in that district alone, the high was number one. I think Arthur Hill was five going into the in there, and they ended up making the state title game and losing to Lavelle Blanchard and Ann Arbor Pioneer. And we were number nine, 19 in one season, and we got beat at the buzzer. So, you know, yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, 19 were, and one were, and no district title. That's got a sting even to this day. Yeah, well, you know, I was out of school then. They were my buddies and everything, but it, it was just unbelievable. And I wasn't at that game. I was at the high game, though. I did get to go to that one, and it was unbelievable, man. We're like, oh, my gosh, we are creaming these guys. And, and you know, Charles Rogers was the number one wide receiver in the country that year. So it, it was just unbelievable, man. And But, no, I mean – so you respected them though. Like you'd see them on TV, you'd see the highlights on Friday night, you know, and just be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this dude's in high school. So like you respected them. You weren't like mad at them. And then when you beat them, you're like, yeah, we beat the 360 guy, you know? So it, it, it was just kind of strange. And then covering them, you know, they got in, I didn't cover JR in college cause I was in college at the same time. But then afterward, you know, when he got in the NBA, it, you would always go when they played the Pistons, you know, you would go to that game and cover that game to go hook up with JR and see what's up and, 
and all of that. And then obviously the Lions with Charles Rogers and, and Lamar Woodley. Obviously in college, I did get to cover him. Um, and then in Pittsburgh and everything. And still to this day, we talk. But it it... It, it, it is strange when you think about it like that, but you know, they're my age. So it's, it's not that strange because it's all I've ever really known. You know, like I became a sportscaster at the same time they made it to the NFL or make, same time that they made it to the NBA. So it, it, it's not that strange, but I've never really thought about it like that either. I mean, it is kind of goofy when you think about it and here we are still going on with our careers and they've been retired for five and 10 years and stuff, you know, no, they the don't have to they work anymore. Tell. Yeah. They, they don't have to work anymore. They're playing golf all the time and you and I are working. And I would not have it any other way as I've been having a lot of fun with these podcasts, getting the chance to jaw back and forth about the, all these great rivalries and documentaries you're doing in Michigan. So we've talked about districts these two schools won a lot of championships. They put a lot of hardware in the trophy case. Who held oh, yeah. the ultimate edge in championships won between these two schools during their legendary rivalry? It's the high by far. Um, I think it's 6-2 to two overall going back through the years. Um, Arthur Hill won its last one in 06, which I covered. Dar Tucker was the star of that team. He was a Jason Richardson clone, explosive, doing 360s as a freshman. Uh, he was unbelievable, ended up going to DePaul, and he's had a long career in Europe. I think he's still playing um, in Europe. Had a great career over there. Played in the G League a little bit. I think he won the G League dunk contest, actually. And then the the one they won before that was back in the 40s. So, um, And then the high has six. And they have done real well, obviously. You know, the Saginaw High won back-to-back with Draymond in 7 and 8. Arthur Hill won in 06. So the city of Saginaw won in 06, 7, and 8. And, by the way, that is also when Tory Jackson, a four-year starting point guard at Notre Dame, played for Buena Vista right down the road. He won two state titles then as well. And if you go back to Terrence Roberson, who we talked about before, they won two state championships in uh, in the early 90s. Saginaw Nouvelle won four Class B state titles in five years back then. I mean, the city of Saginaw has just been unbelievable. It's been incredible what they have done. And not just the hill and the high, back to Nouvelle, back to BV. Uh, It's just nuts. It's nuts. But, no, the the high does. The high has been running it. And then they also won in the current head coach, Julian Taylor's first year, um, 2012, they won their last state championship. That is awesome right there, as they say in Saginaw. (laughs) Who had the best record between the two of them when they went head-to-head? Oh, God, you know, I don't know. I, I That's too much math, but it, it's it's Saginaw High um, by quite quite a wide margin because, like we were saying before, from whatever it was, the late 50s till the mid-90s when Richardson got there, 
the, the high dominated. They absolutely dominated. And there were times it was, they did not lose to Arthur Hill. They beat them twice in the regular season, then knock them out of the playoffs. There was a 32-year stretch, 32-year stretch when, when Arthur Hill finally won a district championship in 1998. You do the math and rewind it. They had not won a district title in 32 years. And the high had knocked them out of the district 21 of those 30 times. So 21-game losing streak the Hill had to the high over a 32-year stretch before they finally got him. I can see Um, why that guy vomited. (laughs) Exactly. There you go, man. So, you know, that's – that's that, and you know that guy is Lou Dawkins, who um, played there at Saginaw High. He coached there, won back-to-back titles, was Draymond's coach, and then he went on to the college ranks. Went with Mark Montgomery on his staff from Michigan State. Went on his staff to Northern Illinois, then coached at Cleveland State. He is now in uh, Muskogee, in Oklahoma where he went to college at Tulsa, he holds probably Tulsa's greatest shot in the history of Tulsa basketball. Coached by Tubby Smith, by the way, a name you'll probably know. He hit a buzzer beater to send Tulsa to the Sweet 16 in 1994. So that dude, I mean, he is, as you will find out if you didn't know already, I mean, he eats, breathes, bleeds, sweats, Saginaw, man. He is a Trojan till he dies. Which that's another thing. What's the nickname of this new school going to be? Are they going to be the Trojans or the Lumberjacks? The Trojacks. I don't know. That's perfect. They, they need to call you and you need to copyright that immediately. Yeah, Trojack. And it'll be my face cross-eyed. I think <laughs> that'll be the mascot. Uh, Just find I the most no confused idea. Ryan Slocum face and you've got it nailed. That's right. I. Uh, that's a great question. And I'm sure there are meetings upon meetings upon meetings about that. Um, you know, the, the, the latest one I know of where this happened was Lapeer High School. There used to be a Lapeer, and then whenever it was, the 70s or 80s, I don't even know, they split to east and west. And then about 10 years ago now, they combined. And it was the Eagles, and they're going to kill me because now I can't think of the west nickname off the top of my head. But they are now green, gray, and blue, and they are the Lapeer Lightning. With the weirdest-looking um, turf in all of Michigan. Yeah, they got the gray turf, right? Yes, that's true, and it it just looks so bizarre. Dude, Eastern Michigan has that. And the first time time I ever saw it on TV, I thought my TV was broken because it looked like black and white TV. Oh, my gosh. I've got a great story for you on that. So the only turf that's weirder than that is Boise State's. Because they, they got that blue turf. I had a buddy in television many years ago who was a diehard photojournalist, loved his camera work, and he saw that Boise State blue turf on the TV, and he said, someone needs to white balance their camera. (laughs) Nope, don't adjust your sets. That turf really is blue. Yeah. Well, dude, you know now they got red out there. 
Eastern Washington has red turf and Orchard Lake St. Mary's here in, in Michigan has red. You know, what? I got to check that out because that's just down the road from me. But getting yeah, back to your goofy doc- looking. Yeah, getting back to your documentary, I don't want to have to ask you to pick your favorite child on this one, but where <laughs> does this one rank amongst your documentaries because not only did you get a chance to put this together, but in a sense you kind of lived this rivalry too from afar. Yeah, yeah, no, I did in in working, you know, at Channel 12 it uh in getting to know these guys you know all i had to do was say the word and they were down like whatever you need man we got you and so it kind of made it easy even though it wasn't easy it kind of made it easy because you had so much help and if i had a question about anything i could just text somebody and they answer me immediately you know so that made it that made it pretty easy um i don't know man it's up there it's up there and it really is. You know, this is, uh, the Terrence one is special because I didn't know him at all. Like I knew of him, I had met him, but it was literally like, Hey, what's up, dude. And that was it. Like I had never really spoken to him. So to have him now be my buddy and, uh, get to, you know, that means a ton to me. Um, obviously, you know, the Beecher things that I've done, those are, you know, Monte Morris, who plays for the Denver Nuggets now. And Courtney Hawkins was their athletic director, went to Michigan State, All-American, played nine years in the NFL as a receiver. He's on that same level now. You know, the relationships you build with those people, it's special, you know, it's real special. And um, But the first one I ever did was at Saginaw High. And it was with that guy you were talking about, Lou Dawkins, the head coach. His son was the same age as Monte Morris. And it's the son he mentions in the documentary that he went out there and threw up and the son said, we're not going to lose another game. His son was the number one rated, and yes, they do, they rate eighth graders, but he was the number one rated eighth grader in the country. He had already been offered college scholarships. He was playing at the Izzo shootout at an AAU you know, summer tournament thing at East Lansing. He had just come from Columbus for a recruiting visit to Ohio State the day before. They played an extra game that day because some team had to bow out. They had already played three games. They were playing their fourth game. And Dorian Dawkins is his name, eighth grader, going into ninth grade. He started, something was going on with him, and he just collapsed right on on the court, and he died. And uh, he had he had a heart defect and had multiple heart attacks and died. And I was pretty tight with Lou already. And about a month or three after that, I'll never forget, I was sitting in a Toys R Us parking lot. And he called me and we were just chit-chatting. And he said, like, I'll do a story, you know, I'll do a, I'll do a story on whatever you want. And I didn't even ask him, like he brought it up. And then I said, well, what about this? What if we do like a running documentary of the season? Cause he's still coach. And he's like, whatever you want, anything you want, well, let's do it. And so we did a running documentary on that next season. 
and everything that happened in all the games. I was in the locker room, mic'd up at every practice. Um, E.L. Hughley came to town to do a benefit comedy show to help for research for Dorian and, um, you know, heart defects and whatnot. It, we did all sorts of stuff. And, uh, you know, he's, he's like family to me now, you know? And again, the first one's always tough to beat, you know? And, uh, that was the first one that we did again, Saginaw, you know, uh, the city has been so good to me. Those schools have been so good to me, you know, and they didn't have to be, I got no connection to them. You know, I don't have any family that, well, I do have family that went there like, 60 years ago, but you know, I don't have any family there, nobody, you know, they didn't have to be. So I say again, you know, you're only as good as your subjects allow you to be. And for them to open up to me and let me in their homes and invade their privacy and tell people about their lives. Like they didn't have to do that. So they're all special to me. Like all these Saginaw ones, the Beecher ones, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible, man. I've been truly, truly blessed that these people did this. Because they didn't have to, you know. Um, so, no, I don't know. It's up there, though, because it's Saginaw, man, and that city and those schools and the people mean a ton to me. So, yeah, I mean, it's right there. A true testament to this one will be if we can get you another Emmy nomination a year from now. I hope that happens for you, and I hope I played a small part in that and giving you the a duff said karma. Hey, we will take all we can help. I've been uh, rubbing my belly. I don't know if that has helped. Um, they, you know, whatever whatever kind of karma we can get, let, let's do it. Where can people go to see your documentary? Yeah, so the website is statechampsnetwork.com. That'll take you to the website it'll it'll obviously have the doc on there and then everything we cover we cover high school sports all over the state and we do it like nobody else does it i mean we really do nobody's getting to as many games nobody is showing as many highlights as we are doing i mean right now i'm cutting a golf tournament when, when you called me i'm uh, editing my highlights of the oakland county championship from yesterday and that'll be up online probably, I don't know, within an hour of me sending it in to my boss. So um, nobody does it like we do. So that stuff's all there. We got podcasts there, interviews with coaches and other experts talking about what they think is going to happen through the season. But, you know, everybody covers basketball and football. Man, we do it all. Track, softball, baseball, golf, lacrosse, you name it, it's there as well as these documentaries. But if you're a YouTube guy and you want to watch it on your TV or your Fire TV or Smart TV, whatever, Apple, YouTube. And at a State Champs Net is our YouTube page, and it's called Saginaw versus Saginaw Arthur Hill State Champs Rivals. If you type in State Champs Rivals, boom, it'll come right up. Saginaw versus Arthur Hill, boom, it'll come right up. Um, so that's the easiest way to do it on YouTube. It's also on Watch Facebook or Facebook watch, whatever they call it. You can watch it on there too. Just search it. Um, pretty much however you watch things online, you can watch it. He is Ryan Slocum, multi-time Emmy-nominated sports journalist and sportscaster. 
Ryan, thank you so much. As always, always good to run you down and have you on, Duff said. Thanks for making the time to tell us about this latest project of yours. Everybody should go check that out. Thanks again for being on here, my friend. Dude, thanks as always for having me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the love. Appreciate the respect as always. And man, anytime you need anything, you let me know, buddy. And that's a wrap on this edition of A Duff Said. Once again, thank you very much to Ryan Slocum for making the time on this week's show. Now, if you like what you heard and you want more from A Duff Said, be sure to check out my website, aduffsaid.com. A Duff Said can be heard by downloading the Podbean app or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow me on Facebook. Just look up sports journalist Duff Tyler. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Duff Tyler. Until next time, I am Duff Tyler, and I'm reminding you that if Duff said it, it must be true, because that's what a Duff said.